everyone, and welcome back to Deadline City. We are your hosts. I'm Zoraida Cordova. And I'm Danielle Clayton. And where are we going today, Danielle? We're going to the Pin Name Palace. What a wonderful palace this is to go to. I would love to go to this palace. I have been to this palace, yeah. You have, yes. You're a firm believer in the pin name, Uh the nom de plume. Um, And so we thought it would make for a very interesting episode to talk about why people do it and all the different considerations that come because I thought about it. I think deeply about it all the time. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if I would feel differently about my relationship to the publishing industry and to social media had I actually like done that. So it's a great topic. Absolutely. So let's talk about what a pen name is. Yeah. What is a nom de plume? Which is my favorite word. (laughs) You like pseudonym. I like like nom de plume. Nom de plume sounds very fancy in French, which I know you like those things. Uh, Yes, absolutely. So what is a nom de plume, a pseudonym, a pen name? All of these things are just to say that it is an assumed name used by a writer instead of their real name. Um, And that just that can come for several different reasons, which we are going to talk about in this episode. Yeah. What is the history? Like, why do people do this? Like in terms of like, people have been doing this forever. There are so many famous people, you know, who have written books that that's not their real name. Like there are tons of people using pen names, historical people, um, just constantly like, a lot of our industry, I think, is made up of people using nom de plumes. Yeah. Um, and they're more common in different sub, like different genres. But like, let's talk about some famous ones. And this is kind of the same or different than using your initials. So we have to talk about that as well. But like, let's let's unmask some pen names. Yeah, some of the most surprising ones uh, that I really, truly found uh, was Toni Morrison. Mm -hmm. is a pen name. And there is an article, uh, there's a profile on Toni Morrison that has her saying that she regrets having outed her real name into the world, which was uh, Chloe Ardelia Wolford. Um, And so it's sort of this like bittersweet thing that she created all of these books with these beautiful names. Um, but Toni Morrison was a persona for her. And that to me is fascinating. Um, did you know that Paolo Neruda is a pen name? No way. No. Yep. No. And his, his full name is, <clears throat> excuse me, Ricardo Eliezer Nef- Neftali Reyes Bosalto. <laughs> Ooh, that was sexy though. <laughs> You gave me all the Latinx magical net, honey. Yes, you did. Oh I my loved God. it. All those R's in so there. That's R's. a long name. That is a long name. That's actually that's five names. It's even long for a Latino name. Oh um, God. So, <laughs> so, um, apparently, Pablo Neruda changed his name to avoid like bringing shame and destruction to his family. Um, but he also had like really conflicting feelings with his dad. So sometimes he goes to like a lot of him is like back and forth of like, I don't remember why he chose Pablo Neruda. Right. So he, he changed his mind a lot, you know? Um, but so those are two really big ones for me, which I was like, 
dis- like discovering that is is a lot. <laughs> yeah, and then we discovered that we just lost a beloved person, a titan of um, literature, Anne Rice, uh, who developed so many people's imaginations. Um, I know um, that. Anne's work is controversial, um, but Anne has several pen names or did have several pen names, right? Yeah. Um, And has a strange real name as well. Yes. Um, So both of Anne Rice's pen names, RIP, the first one is Anne Rampling, and then the second one is A.N. Roclore. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, <laughs> but her real name was Howard Allen Francis O'Brien. I just, it, like, her mom named her after her dad, <laughs> Howard. I just, I would just scream at my mother if my mother named me Edward. <laughs> right? Like, but it's at least somebody could call you Edie, Edie, right? Like, Edie. somebody like, could think, Edie, right? Edie is Edith, right? Right. It's Edith, mm-hmm. like, Name me Edith, which is close to Edward. You can call me Eddie or Edie, right? Mm -hmm. But Howard, honey, Howard, Mm -hmm. what am I going to be called? Howie? Like, (laughs) what is it? Like, what am I, what am I going to be called? Like, I would just be so mad at my mom. I would just be like, you're killing me, mom. You're killing me. My whole life, my whole life. Can you imagine little Howard going to school? I know. And became Anne Rice. Yeah. Also, like, this in the 40s, 40s and 50s, like. Right? Yeah. This is fascinating. It's such, like, one of the most fascinating things I learned about. Her name was Howard Allen. Mm -hmm. That was her government name. Yep. Her government name. Going to school. Where's Howard Allen? Howard Allen. And it's the future. That is Anne Rice. Yeah. The mother mother of of gothic horror. (laughs) Right. Vampires. Vampire. Yeah. Vampire horror. Um, and so also JD Robb is Nora mm-hmm. Roberts uh fantasy and thriller adult pen name. Mm-hmm. Um so I actually didn't know that until a few years ago. Yeah. Also, we lost, gosh, we lost Anne Rice and we lost Bell Hooks within like yeah. I think a day of each other. Mm-hmm. And Bell Hooks, her real name was Gloria Jean Watkins. And so and bell hooks is under like you never capitalize the bell or the hooks. Okay. She wanted them to be lowercase. Um and so that's you know what I mean part of her pen name. Um and bell hooks that name is her maternal great grandmother's name and she wanted to honor um to honor her. And so it's it's fascinating. It's super fascinating to think think through people we know um who we've read who have these pen- I mean there's tons more even like our beloved E Lockhart right E Lockhart um who wrote We Were Liars among many others uh books she has tons of books also writes under the name Emily Jenkins so she, for smaller people for small fries for young people picture books and middle grade and then for her YA, it's E. Lockhart. So let's talk about the why. Why this happens? Like, why would you choose if you're a writer and you're starting your? I get this. I get this question a lot from aspiring authors, and and just honestly, people who might want to rebrand. Um, and 
maybe I can tell you why I chose a pen name for my adult romance. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, why did you do it? Well, my first trilogy that I sold was under Zoraida Cordova. And um, I also grappled with whether or not I should start my career with a pen name. Um, Why did you, what was like going through your mind? Well, there was a discussion among like my peers to Anglicize my name. <laughs> you were going to. <laughs> listeners, dear listeners, before we started this episode. Why are you ratting me out? Rat you out. People were, she was trying to figure out, people need to know. She was trying to figure out how you say this word, how you say the definition of it is like you change a word to make it sound more Anglo, more English, more American or British, right? You Anglicize Mm -hmm. one's name or things. And it happens to a lot of people with quote unquote ethnic names. We can interrogate what that means, whatever, um, to make it sound more like that. And Sarita was like, Anglicization. I was. I kept saying Anglicization. We were in the Anglican Church, honey, the Church of England. (laughs) Like that's where we were when we were trying to figure out what this word was. But continue. I had to drag you. Are you a knock? (sighs) Um. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the factors, right? Um, Growing up, I had a lot. I had a lot of friends who had Spanish names, and they. In school, they would try to – the teachers would be like, can I call you Mike instead of Miguel? Uh, Ew, can I oh no. Right? Like I went to – had a coworker named Roberto, and people wanted to call him Robert. And he's Uh-oh. like, no, my name is Roberto. Like my name is Roberto. I'm Roberto. Hi, I am Roberto. And so it – you know, I met a, a lot of my uh, Chinese friends in high, in high school also. Like they had their school names, their American names, and then their Chinese names at home. So I feel like I grew very conscious of that. Hmm. Um, and so Zoraida Cordova, nobody can pronounce it. Um, we say it's, what if I pronounce it as like <laughs> Zadori Gaddafio? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually something that I have been called. Um, and yes. You know, it's bless that blogger's heart. We so love sweet. that blogger, we love this blogger so but this <laughs> blogger looks at the cover <laughs> of her books and is loves them so much and says that they will read anything by Zadori Gaddavio. Yeah, and I I, so, I will literally right, never correct right. them. I will never correct them because it's too precious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you know, coming into this industry. As Soraya Cordova, right? Like mm. the, the person who says my name correct on every panel is our uh, space papi, Daniel Jose Older, right? He's Absolutely. always like, Cordova. And I'm like, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this and it is the best thing ever. Like they go back and forth. <laughs> who can out, you know what I mean? Latino the other. I love it. Yep. Um, and so, so, so that, you know. That was the first thing. So, but in the end, I went with uh, Zoraida Cordova because it's who I am. It's to me, it's a very strong name. 
You can it's never beautiful. tell me you've met a Zoraida, except some mm-hmm. some Latinos out there, some Latinx people out there will be like, <laughs> my aunt's name is Zoraida. But but yeah, even it's you know, even among our communities, it's not a it's not a common name. Um and and that's why I chose to write. But then uh I wanted to write adult romance and I wrote it under my name, Zoraida Cordova. But uh stuff happened. I wanted to rebrand my romance identity. And so I created the pen name Zoe Castile. Zoe with a Y, Castile with one L. And I chose this name because I wanted to have uh, the same initials, ZC. Mm-hmm. And Zoe is what my stepdad calls me because he always heard my family. My family calls me Zori. Uh, mm-hmm. Zori is the nickname for Zoraida. And um, he always thought that my family was saying Zoe, um, just, you know. Yes, because when you have the, the Ecuadorian accent, <laughs> it does. I can hear them say it. Mm-hmm. Zordi, Zordi, I can't do it. My but mom, I can my, hear imagine uh, my, my small mom yelling yeah. in the supermarket, Zordi, Zordi. Yeah. And, like, and like <laughs> people be like, oh, you're fine. Like, you're excused, right? Like, they think she's saying I'm sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> and actually, my uncle used to call me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Like just oh the word, my God. just the two words. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it so much. Right. And so that's why I chose that pen name. I wanted to separate. Yeah. I wanted to separate my romance identity from my YA identity. And now that now that I'm writing adult as Zoraida Cordova, um, I I just I'm gonna write fantasy as Zoraida Cordova, and then romance, contemporary romance under Zoe Castile. So these are three reasons. Right. Hmm. Um, one reason being genre, genre change, age group change, um, and oh, that's two reasons. <laughs> <laughs> you can't count, bro. No, I can't. I can't pronounce words. <laughs> no, you can't. Um, I'm bilingual. Okay, leave me alone. Okay. 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 You are. Um, it's so interesting when you when you bring up these sort of considerations and, and when I was thinking, like I actually regret, I regret not having a pen name yeah. and not starting out my career with a pen name because I'm one of two people on this planet that has my name. The other person found me on Facebook mm-hmm. and was like, Hey, we have the same name with the same spelling. And so when you Google my name, it's just me because she's in some sort of other like sector that is not public facing. And, um, it just, it's one of those things where it's privacy concerns, right? Like nobody has my name. Yeah. You so can't be one of the, like the, like the million Kate's Mary's or Sarah's in publishing. I'm sorry to exactly. Kate, Sarah's Mary's like, we love you, but there's a lot of you. <laughs> exactly. I can never hide. And, um, and then people sort of, I mean, they struggle to say my name, they butcher it. They just call me Danielle. I call you Daniela. No which is fine. You put a little Latinx magic on it. Like I'm, I'm here for it. Sounds so much better. Just like when I go to France, like it's so easy. I say, Oh, my name is Danielle. They're like, Oh, Danielle, Danielle, Danielle. It's perfect. Like it just works in that country. Um, but here in America, that's like, they look at it and they're like, Oh no. Um, and I guess now that I have several books out, I really kind of want that privacy. Right? Yeah, I agree with you. I, wish. I agree. With you. I love my name, but yeah, I miss the privacy. I the so privacy. let's talk about anonymity and privacy as yeah. authors. 
we don't have any. So unless you have private accounts on social media that you keep just for, you know what I mean, family and friends, like people can write whatever they want about you. People can say whatever they want about you and tag you. And it's fine. It's the price we pay for being public figures. However, there's just, we never get to just exist um, without being tied to our body of work. So if I had a pen name, then I could have a separation between me, personal me, Danielle, Clayton, and the books and the work. But now they, they go together, right? And so... It's just one of those things that I think I wish I had made a better choice at the start of my career to really think deeply about considering having a pin name or having a separation between me and who I am and like the work um, and the books so that I can exist in two different spheres. Right. I mean, that is why if you look at romance authors, right, Eloisa James, um, nor I'm, I don't know if Nora Roberts is really her name, <laughs> right. but um, <clears throat> the assumption is that so many romance authors have pen names because mm-hmm. for so long, um, romance was seen as sort of like, a t- I mean, it's still seen this way by a lot of people as sort of this, it's either taboo or it's looked down upon because it's genre fiction, even though it is one of the biggest selling, like 40, 50% of our market is romance, right? Um, Nora is her pen name, but it's very close to her real name. Uh, her real name is Eleanor Robertson. And so, so this comes with anonymity and separation of like the person you are at home, whether you're a mother, you're a lawyer, you're an accountant. You don't want people knowing that you're writing uh, books with Fabio on the cover. Right. And so that's a reason why so many romance authors might have gone in this direction. Um, And that's actually kind of shitty, but it's also, it's It's also brilliant. Yes. Because Mm -hmm. you, you, you have that separation of the, of your privacy, unless you become so huge that your real name gets outed. Right. But I honestly don't go unless like, like today I started searching for people's real names, but I would never, it would never occur to me before to do that, to say like, I wonder if Stephen King's real name is Stephen King. It's not. Um, (laughs) right. So, so it's just fascinating. It's a fascinating part of our industry. Oh, absolutely. And also it brings up this idea of people can, like, if you don't want to use a pen name, you can also use variations on your name or like your initials, right? There's a lot of other, like our beloved um, V.E. Schwab, right, uses her initials and her last name. And I think that that's another way that you can do it, which can create a separation between who you are to your family and friends and like without, without the books, right. And without the, the fame and without the work and then who you are in the work sphere and in that space. Um, because I find that we don't, we don't get a, um, there's no demarcation unless you force that line. Right. And it's, and it can be hard. And I, I also like that 
that way of doing it too. You can use your initials. You can use a play on your name. I love the way that Emily um, Jenkins slash E Lockhart has done hers. And I was like, I should have done that. But I also don't love my initials. So I was like, I don't know. Because there are some, there's so much racism and so much um, misogyny Mm -hmm. in our industry that these considerations are more than just like, I just want to have privacy. Right. right? I don't want like, the PTA to know that I write smut. <laughs> right. Like my children's, you know what I mean? The mothers of my children's friends finding out that I write dirty novels. There's also like, I want to make sure that I'm not discriminated against for having this sort of name. So I'm going to make it a John Smith. Right. right? Yeah. Or I know that boys and men don't like to read books that are written by women. Right. I mean, so one of the so one of the stories that Schwab tells so often um, when they ask about why 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 the initials is that a a female reader said that to to, to Schwab that they wouldn't have picked up Vicious if they knew it was written by a woman. And see, and I'm like, and, and so like that deep seated like misogyny even for mm-hmm. for women, it's like. It's astounding, right? Um, it is. There it's are very a lot of pen of um, of gender neutral pen names, which is different when you're you know non binary and you you use initials. But I think that because of the misogyny in the adult uh, in adult genre thrillers um, and specifically fantasy and science fiction. Um, more initials were used. Yeah, it's seen as a as a man's game. And so many women historically have had to hid to hide behind pen names, right? And hide behind them in order to get access to industry and to have a job. Jane Austen's books were published under A Lady, written by A Lady. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. And um, the Bronte sisters all had, they were the Bell brothers, right? It's its something that we have to think about. And I do think that um, a na- what name you choose to use has so many more implications than we, than we think. So the implications, implications could be like genre switching, but also there are instances of bad faith use of pen names. Absolutely. Because when you, when you create something that allows other people to have a, have a, to lower the barrier of entry, to be able to have access when you allow people to, who might otherwise be shut out of something, everything will be abused. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have prizes that are for different communities. And of course, here comes people from that people from literally the dominant class coming in and trying to rig the system in order to gain access and favor and to win whatever that thing is. Absolutely. Right. I mean, of course. So knew it was gonna happen. Ten years ago, right? I had people saying, Should I use a Spanish last name? Should I use my Spanish last name? Should I use my XYZ last name? Right. And as opposed to like as we said, Smith, right? And now I'm seeing the opposite, right? Um, People adopting a family, an ethnic family's last name 
that is like a grandparent or something, right? To honor that family member. But even though they don't live that, they don't have that lived experience, all of a sudden they can say like, you can't question me why I wrote this um, Latinx book because I'm using my grandparents, you know, last name, right? And so it's, it works almost both ways. Yeah. And that's very sneaky and and dishonest. It's like, okay, you don't have the lived experience of the people who, who have had that last name, like, and you use it. And yes, it's a family heirloom of sorts, but you use it to manipulate the diversity and inclusion initiatives that are happening in publishing so that you can be a part of the We Need Diverse Books movement. Especially when a lot of these, a lot of these, like when people are picking up books, they're saying like, oh, this person has this last name, like it's vetted. Right. And so, or, or using your husband's, right. Your husband's last name, um, without ever mentioning that, um, this isn't your background. And I think that like in the Latinx community, I see this happen so much where people are just like, oh, this last name is X, but actually I'm like, no, they're, they're Filipina or they're married into the family or it's like, it's a pseudonym. Right. And so it just, it, people have to be careful, though. People they have, have to be, be very, very careful. careful. Yeah, and so that's because another aspect of the pen name that is frustrating. Frustrating yeah. to look at because it's not fair. It's one of those things where it's like the diversity and inclusion um, efforts are literally for a very particular thing, and you're seeing it as a money ticket, mm-hmm. and you're saying, "Let me exploit that by adding this to my name so that I can appear to be part of." this movement. Yeah. And in order to get to the front of the line, when you would have already been able to come to the front of the line because you exist in a dominant class. Yeah. Last year, last year, there was a, there was a case of an author who, um, was using digital brown face catfishing under a pseudonym. And it turned out Scooby-Doo pull that, pull that mask off. <laughs> it's it's super frustrating, and and didn't like three men win an award, a women's yes, award? Yes, oh my god. Um, there, uh, there's a a, a a successful thriller author named Carmen Mola, right? Who was uh, given a personality of a provincial female Spanish university professor who wrote, um, uh, who want who you know, was very private and didn't, didn't talk about themselves. Uh, but then, um, Carmen Mola's novel won El Premio Planeta de Novela, uh, which is for, for, for her historical thriller, The Beast. And the prize was 1.2 million euros. And then the, the people who walk on stage is not Carmen Mola, provincial female Spanish university professor. It was three Spanish men. Insane. And so I want to talk about this for a couple of reasons, right? So these, this, these men decided one day, they said that they wanted to create Carmen Mola, um, because they, you know, um, it was a project that they came up with together. Well, you know, three friends who one day decided to combine their talent, but they did this to me. It reads like these people doing it because thriller is a space where a lot of female authors dominate. Right. Um, Paula Hawkins, 
Megan Miranda, right? Like it is a, it is like, it, it, it feels like the genre does really well. Um, two, they're writing violence against women in these books, but because the pseudonym is female presenting, they can get away with saying like, oh, it's fine that there's violence. There's this like gruesome violence that happens to female bodies in these books, but it's actually three men imagining all this stuff up, right? So they're like, this is another case of the bad faith pen name. It pisses me off. So Jorge Diaz, Antonio Mercero, and Agustin Martinez. Shame on you, bros. Shame on you. They don't care. They're with their millions of euros. (laughs) Right, but there are so many opportunities for men, for cis men, to win awards Mm -hmm. and to go to the front of the line. And you basically hijack an entire path that was created to make sure that other people can get recognized and get honored, right? And it's just one of these things where... I just have zero, zero grace. I have zero, I just get very angry about it because I'm like, you're trying to rig a system that was not supposed, that is, that is here to help others. And you come in with your fake name and you're peddling a fake identity in order to get access. It just, it's just like, it's how I feel like, it's like, you just shit in my pool, bro. Like, the hell and you didn't even get invited to this pool and mm-hmm. you took a dump in it like it just it frustrates me and, and something that happens and and these are ethical questions that if you're considering a pin name that you need to think about like why am i choosing the name that i'm choosing yeah like for instance um cb sabolski who is a uh, who was a uh, marvel's editor-in-chief uh in 2017 uh, got exposed for having used a Japanese pen name to pitch comics. Uh, oh. And uh, his his pen name was Akira Yoshida. And so he, like, pretended to be Japanese. I, I can't. And he's like, like this is I, white guy who was, like, the editor-in-chief of, at Marvel. Like, I just, I can't even. And, like... And it's even frustrating. I mean, we can look at um, <clears throat> Janine Cummings didn't do this with American Dirt, but she did it. She peddled it when she was talking about why she wrote this book, right? Like by using one relative that she has, a Puerto Rican grandmother, and trotting her to the front, right? Yeah. In order to justify writing a story. And it's like if she had taken her Puerto Rican grandmother's last name to try to justify and try to add like a little chili flake to her name so that it would bring like legitimize her fiction. It's yeah. just one of those things where I'm like, it's super, super frustrating. But, and Right. Um, and so this gets muddled, right? We're seeking to become like a, a woman using a, a masculine pen name or a gender neutral pen name seeks legitimacy from a misogynist world. But a bad faith person can use a pen name to seek legitimacy to rig a contest that they've already won. Yeah. There's a, um, man, I remember, I don't know if this is her pen name and you'll have to help me remember who it is, but there's this, um, I used to read all of these, um, books that are feature the Chinese diaspora. Right. And I was obsessed because, you know, I read Joy Luck Club. 
right? So then I went down the rabbit hole and I was like, oh my gosh, I like love reading about this and um, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if this is a pen name or an actual name. Could be. I should probably try to find out and do my detective, do some detective work or whatnot. But I, when I was, um, I, after I read The Joy Luck Club and went through Amy Tan's entire collected works, <laughs> I also stumbled upon a woman named Lisa C., who also wrote books um, about just set in Chinese history, um, books like um, Dragon Bones, Snowflower, and The Secret Fan. Like, I went through a whole I want to read about stories set in ancient China um, phase mm-hmm. because I was fascinated. And I went to see this writer, and it's a white lady. And I, I almost had, like, I almost, like, burst into tears because I was so confused. It was one of those things where, and I remember talking to my good friend, Carolyn Richmond, who is Chinese, um, about this. And she, you know, and we were like, she was like, oh, when you found out, were you devastated? I said, I was absolutely devastated. (laughs) I was just like, wait a second. I felt like, like a, just a betrayal. I was devastated. I was like, is this a pen name? Is this real? Like, are you bamboozling me? Are I mean, you, I think like, that she feels like a very deep connection about, like, L.A. Chinatown. But mm-hmm. but it is it is jarring, right? Like, she's one-eighth Chinese. Her great-grandfather. Yeah, her great-grandfather. Uh, and, and her fa- – like, that is her mom's last name. It's her – her grandfather's last name. It is her last name. You know, it's not her last name, yeah. but um, but it's it is like her mom's last name. So it's it's like it lives in this weird space where she's like, I am a white woman with Chinese ancestry, mm-hmm. but it's very confusing to me. <laughs> it is, and I guess what I guess the point is there is a power differential that you have to think about when you choose names to write under. And names are powerful, and this is something that we're, we can never forget that. And it's even deeper. It's thinking about where at the axes of all of these different marginalizations and knowing what we know about American history, where does this name sit and where do you sit at, at these sort of axes and touch points and intersections of power, right? If I have one Chinese ancestor— and I decide to change my name and write under under an Asian-inspired name or an Asian name, right? Even if that name shows up on my Ancestry.com, you know what I mean, family tree, right? I decide to do that. That has weight because there is a tradition, a, a Chinese-American tradition of, of literature. I'm entering into a diaspora that is very vast and complicated. And when I don't have those lived experiences, when it is literally not coded into my body, but yet I come in with that name and I am thought of as belonging to that community and therefore winning awards, therefore getting special prizes, getting to go to the front of the line. There's something that needs to be grappled with there versus, you know, I could go back into my family history and take my, my grandfather's father's Irish last name, right? That is his last name and, and do something. But like, because of where I sit, in those sort of axes of power, if I were to change my last name to McDonald, which yeah. is what is my family name, it doesn't mean anything. Right, you're going to write, you're just going to write Angela's Ashes 2.0? 
Right, exactly. When I shouldn't be doing that because I don't have an Irish identity, but Irish folks in the history of America were also overseers and slavers. So that's how I was able to have the Irish DNA that I have and blood. And so it's a different power differential, right? Black Americans have Anglo names because we were owned by people from the UK diaspora. So it it has a different kind of thing to it. And I think we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful because we get into performance and we perform identity and we have identity premises that we would like to have exported through the use of names and to be monetized. And I think that that's my beef is where when we're trying to monetize our identity and our and, and that sort of premise that we step out of the out of the house with, like, this is who I am. Some people get more money based on who they are. And when we enter publishing, which is a machine that is governed and if influenced by homophobia, sexism, and racism and ableism and all the things, some people are able to exploit that machine by using certain names in order to get bent to benefit themselves. Absolutely. What if I change my name to Zoraida Guadalupe Cordova? (sighs) Well, then are you you going to be extra? But then I'm going to write, I'm going to write like, I'm going to write sad books about immigration. Right. And then I'll win an award. And then you can win an award. Or if someone has 1% Native and Indigenous ancestry and decides to adopt a Native and Indigenous name from a, you know what I mean? Right. And, and perform that identity and use their name, the pen name that they're writing under, as a way to do so. And then able to enter certain spaces that are not meant for them. Yeah. And I guess it's, I know like this identity, like the identity part of pen names is so complicated, right? Because, you know, what if like your identity truly is that you've adopted your husband's name, right? Or your partner's name. Um, so, so where does that leave? Where does that leave us in the decision of like, how do we talk about ourselves as authors when now everyone demands access to your personality before they can buy your book? Or they'll keep buying your books because they like your personality or especially in YA, YA and romance, even though romance is so, you know, the people's private lives are so close to the vest, but like, it's still these two communities. And I think YA and romance are instances of, of publishing where the community is so large or feels so large. I don't see this in the thriller community, right? (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe thriller authors are going to be like, you're wrong, Zoraida. We sit around and talk about thrilling things. Um, yes, perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps. But but from my experience in YA and romance, like people want to know you. They want to know who yeah. you are. They want to see your pictures online. They want to like he, n- know your personal lives and how, how much is cult of personality? How much should I reveal myself? Right? And so what happens when you want to what happens if you want to be a completely private author? Is that even a possibility anymore? Right. Because publishers want you performing the cult of personality in order to get book sales. But it is, it is interesting. And I do, I advocate for pen names. I think they're important, especially to be able to name yourself and to be able to name yourself in a space that like represents your work is so important, especially for our non-binary and, and trans beloveds. Right. And like, just in general, like the power, genderqueer people like it's the power of that saying, this is who I am. This is my name. This is the name that I want on my work. Right. And to keep that space, I feel like sacred and important, 
like seeing abusers, like those three men mm-hmm. who adopted the identity of a woman in order to win women a women's prize, like bothers the shit out of me because oh, these spaces. Prize. Oh, it's not Mm-mm. okay, but these spaces are just super sacred to me. And I think the pen name conversation, it came out of a real need and desire for a lot of people to gain access. And so to see it abused is really, really frustrating. And to watch identity politics in our industry influence how people believe that they're being overlooked because of the diversity and inclusion. Absolutely. Right. So at one point, at one point, marginalized people, racially marginalized people, uh, wanted, you know, really struggled with the idea of whether or not to anglicize their names to have access to spaces where they are excluded from. And now it's the other way around where it's like, oh, there's just, there's 0.5% inclusion has increased in a year. (laughs) Better change my name to, to Guadalajara. Uh, right. <laughs> I don't know why I, I keep, I keep thinking about, I was listening to, I was, I've been listening to a lot of Ranchero music. So, that's what it is. <laughs> so I yes. just have that in the forefront of my mind. It's I like, mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like shading anybody. It's literally just like no, the first thing I, I, I pick up on. But it's just like a lot of black Americans, um, reclaimed West African names because of the legacy of slavery and civil rights. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, it's very meaningful. And it's, and it's a huge, huge part of many people's communities. And I just, I guess I want to see it respected and I want, I want that to be, be important. But like, let's say that I decided if I was like, you know what, publishers, they're, they keep buying books from Nigerians, like my beloved Tochi. Let me go to Tochi Anyabuchi and be like, Tochi, can you give me a Nigerian name so that I can like cash in and win awards? I have 40% Nigerian ancestry from the transatlantic slave trade. So therefore let me ask for like, what is my Nigerian, my, my Igbo name or my Yoruba name so that I can come in like and be fake right? Like that's the shit that I don't like. Like, I don't like any of that fake shit. If you're going to use a pen name, first of all, make it good and use one that really speaks to you and speaks to sort of what you want to do or hides you. What if I, I have a, I have a really great sci-fi pen name that I want. Okay. I can't use it now in real life because I'm going to out it, but, um, it's, but I need a secret pen name. I want a secret pen name because I do eventually want to write romance. And like, I don't want to know you do have, she has a secret pen name, yeah. but I want a secret pen name. And I wonder, I kept thinking about like, but this is the way, this is my fantasy pen name. Thrust Dixon. No, no. I knew you were going to say that. That's why I didn't want you to share because it's awful. It's not awful. Why are you like this? Like you are trapped inside of an 11 year, 11 year old boy is trapped inside of you. Like literally. Like I'm just trash wrapped in a burrito wrapped, wrapped in an enigma. <laughs> Exactly. Like, what is happening here? Thrust Dixon? Yeah. No one's buying those books unless they're like, I had sex with the coronavirus. Like, I got pounded in the butt by the coronavirus. Like, that's <laughs> you, the types of books. Wow, see, this by is Danielle, every time, like, she wants to argue, she just takes it to an ex. She goes, she's like Don, uh, Dominic Toretto from Fast and, for, from Fast and Furious. She's just like, not. I'm not just going to drive side by side you. I'm just going to kick up the nose, gas, and go 100 miles per hour. This is how I know. We're, we're talking about Fast and Furious? Mm-hmm. This is, okay. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. <laughs> that, I mean, you've proven my point. Yeah. Also, that man is sexy, so I'll take it. Okay? Sure. Vin Diesel. Hello. Look. Sexy man. Anyways, anyway. I'm just, I'm just saying. Pen names are really important. I kind of regret that I did not use one. Not to say that I couldn't use one going forward and, like, in my future. And because I do think about it. And what I noticed, even when I was a librarian for elementary and middle school, that I could rarely get my my boy readers to read books by women. Like, they would argue. They would argue about it. And I just was like, wow, sexism and the undervaluing of women starts as early as first and second grade. Like, it is programmed to where... Everything is gendered like that. And it was super frustrating. And I'm hoping for this next generation that stops happening. But I I do think about it. I did think about it a lot. But then I thought also, why am I catering to one one group? Why can't I just write what I want to write and and know the readers will come? Right. Because I know that like the person who looks at my name and says, this book is not for me based on my name, it's not the reader I want. Right. Right. And so I think that that's also a reason why I was just like, well, my name is Rita Cordova. Like, what am I going to do? You know, it's why that woman, she who shall not be named, had initials. Right. Right. Because she wanted to make sure that boys would read um, about Harry. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like it it was interesting to, you know, back when they were coming out to read those articles. Um, But it's it's just a fascinating conversation and I can't wait to unveil my nom de plume, but I won't tell anybody who it is, what it is until I get really, really famous. And then I have to like go to signings and people see me and then they're like, oh, this is who she is. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. One day. One day. One day, like (laughs) tomorrow, you wait for it. You wait for it. And if anyone wants to know Zoraida's secret, um, Pen name just hit my cash app. I'll put it in the show notes. You're a monster. <laughs> and then I'll share it with you. Um, because she's got some really titillating material coming out that she doesn't want her mother to know about. Please. But anyway, so we hope that if you are considering this, if this is on your mind, or if you just like hearing me and Danielle bicker, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode of Deadline City. Thank you so, so much for listening in. Our goal is to demystify the publishing industry and count on listeners like you for your support. If you like what you hear, comment, subscribe, give us five stars, and share the episodes. Check out our Patreon and Ko-fi information at deadlinecity.com support. See you next week, and for now, ride on.